Hallelujah. We talked, the, one of the things we ended with last time was uh, that this church had learned to resist the devil where weather was concerned, where, when symptoms came. And one thing we've learned about resisting uh, the devil is what the Amplified Bible says is to resist him at his onset. In other words, don't mess around with these things and for two weeks and then start resisting the devil, but to immediately catch things in the spirit and it shouldn't be too hard to catch some things uh, we we actually and i'm going to start with that i will say this tonight we need to begin praying if you're not already and asking god for discernment and asking god uh, to, uh for that spirit of seeing and knowing in ephesians chapter one that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we might know and see and we, we need to see in the spirit realm because uh, it's easy to know when a symptom attacks your body, but we need to be alert to things that God might show us that we can resist concerning our children, concerning uh, and, and uh, being uh, alert not to just... Uh, let dreams just go on sometimes we have a dream and we just like oh that's weird but a lot of times a lot of times dreams have meetings um, and just because dreams are sometimes kind of cryptic they're not they're not actually i had a dream about nicole i was dreaming about nicole last night uh, a lot of part of the night nicole Howe, and uh, hallelujah praise god um Thank you, Jesus. Um, I think that those th that dreams that we have sometimes we have to seek God for the meaning, and but we need to be alert to those things. Is my point, and we've learned to take authority over circumstances at work and so forth. I don't think we've learned that as good as we need to learn it to pick up on the spirits that are operating. Too many times we we say my boss or. Oh, I've just got this person at work. And we have to constantly remind ourselves that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So we need to, so if we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, if it's not them, we need to find out, okay, what is this spirit that I'm wrestling again? And then we've learned to resist the devil at healing center by commanding, commanding spirits of infirmity to go. But we want to take that further, and I believe we can have more understanding and that we can be uh, more effective. We're going to read about how Jesus dealt with demons. So we're going to go to Matthew 4, verse 23. Matthew 4, 23. So that's for what we're going to do first tonight is read some scriptures, not every scripture where he dealt with demons, but some. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. Hallelujah. So we see there that Jesus uh, didn't just teach and preach. He also healed. And, and it says all manner of sickness and disease. I like that, don't y'all? All manner of sickness, all manner of disease, and all, all sick people. He says all there a lot uh, that were taken with divers disease, torments, and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic. That would have been, uh, you know, mental illness also that Jesus dealt with the demons there uh, 
in Matthew. And then in Matthew 8, if you'll just turn over a little bit, Matthew 8, verse 16 he says, when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, I, I want to take note there of one thing that it says. How many does it say were possessed with the devil? How many? Many. 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 I think sometimes we think, oh, you know, the devils are rare. Demons are rare. But Jesus said he cast out. It says that Jesus cast out many that were possessed with devils. I don't think it's not. A, de, de, demons are not a, just a third world problem. I think a lot of things that we just relegate over to sickness really has a demonic uh, root. I think that things that we that are mental, that we medicate with uh, drugs, you know. I believe that, that really, you know, really I believe pretty much all of that is uh, demonic and the devil. And uh, so, uh, and not that we shouldn't medicate some of it. I'm not trying to say that. But we're not going to get people delivered if we just medicate. Hallelujah. Matthew 3, we need to be aware of these things. These are in our families too. These things are there. These things are in our families, not just in those people out there or the people over there. These things are in our families, coming against us. Hallelujah, and uh, not hallelujah that it is, but hallelujah that we can know it and we can deal with it. Matthew three, going backwards instead of uh, that's not right. Matthew three. Because that's about baptism. That must have got that wrong. Uh, hallelujah. It might be another thing. Let's go to Luke 10, 17. Luke 10, verse 17. I wondered why I went backwards. So This is not just Jesus, but here in, in uh, Luke 10, 17, says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Hallelujah. And... Um, Let's just go and read this verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt, hurt you. So uh, the, the disciples were pretty excited that demons were subject to them. And we want to keep in mind that verse 18 where it said, where Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Because we may use that later on. Maybe not tonight, but later on. Uh, <clears throat> so casting out demons was a pillar in Jesus' ministry. And let's go over to Mark again, verse chapter 16. And this was kind of our keynote scripture uh, last week, Mark 16. And this was Jesus' parting words. So Jesus dealt with demons. His disciples dealt with demons. And then his parting words before he left and uh, left and, and went to sit at the right hand of the Father were Mark 16. Let's look at verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Dropping down to verse 17. And these shall have signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody say, them that believe. Them that believe. Say, I am, I am. Them, that them that believe. We are them that believe. Hallelujah. I wrote it on my 
chalkboard in my kitchen, them that believe. Hallelujah. Because I want to remind myself I am them that believe. Because it will change the way we act. If we are them that believe, we don't just need to be them that believe when we need to pray for somebody for healing or when we need to cast out of the devil. We need to act like I'm somebody I believe. Hallelujah. When, you know, when we maybe aren't in a good mood or whatever. We just need to remember that at all times because it changes the way we act. It changes the way we react. Hallelujah. So we are them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. That's the first thing he tells us. They shall speak with new tongues. We know we do that. So stands to reason we're going to be casting out devils too. We take up serpents. We talked about last week how that is not... A talking God, Jesus is not telling us to be snake handlers there, but He's telling us that we are going to rule over uh, that great serpent, the devil. Revelation calls him the great serpent, the devil, and we rule over him. We are not, we don't back away from him, we rule over him. And if we drink any deadly thing, hallelujah, it shall not hurt us. They, we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh, that is uh, Mark 16, Mark 16, 15, 17, and 18. Hallelujah. So these are his parting words. These were his words to us. Hallelujah. So we use our authority, which is given to us when we were born again, to deliver people and then also to get the victory ourselves. Hallelujah. Uh, we want to gain victory from demonic harassment ourselves and for other people. And we do that by confronting evil spirits. Uh, we also do it by taking authority over them and replacing the lies that they speak with truth. We know what Jesus did. We know when the devil came to him and tempted him, he said, it is written. So we replace what the devil is trying to harass us with. We replace it with truth. And, if we, and that's a very important part that we do that. Um, and when we do these things, the results are that... It affects the way we experience the presence of God. Being free from the enemy is going to affect the way we experience the presence of God. It's going to change the atmosphere around us in our home and where we go to work. It's, it, it's just it's going to change the atmosphere. And we're going to have greater peace and greater clarity of mind. Jesus ministered three years and one third of his teaching involved deliverance. And so deliverance is an important part of the gospel, but it's the part that we probably talk about the least. And the reason we talk about it the least is because we don't want to talk about the devil. I don't, well, I don't want to preach this tonight. I don't want to talk about this tonight. There's other things like revival and things like that that I would rather talk about. But we need to be taught and we need to be informed because in revival... Uh, anytime you're gonna, the Holy Ghost starts manifesting, the devil's gonna be stirred up. Hallelujah! We know that. So um, I have noticed that, you know, there's been things, you know, we're pressing in more, and there's been things try to happen that just to to get us off balance, to get us uh, distracted, to get us uh, frustrated, to get us. Um, 
uh, the enemy has tried to uh, uh, come to steal, kill, and destroy in some areas. You know, I don't know if y'all noticed that, but it seems like there's always going to be a war to fight, but it, there, it goes sometimes in seasons, in waves, and you've got to resist the devil. You, we need to recognize those things. Are This is not, you know, after about three things break in one day, I start getting, you know, something's up here. About three people get mad at you in one day or something like that. You begin to have incidences where this is not just, you know, I'm clumsy. <laughs> but thing, uh, those kind of things. Um, did you know that the same demons that Jesus dealt with are still around today? They're still out there doing what they do. And uh, Jesus dealt with them, and we have to deal with them. A lot of the pressure that's on our lives comes from powers of darkness. You would probably be surprised, even at your workplace, the, the things that are... Uh, the powers of darkness, the powers of pressure, I wouldn't say powers of pressure, but powers causing pressure, the things that are in the demonic realm that cause things uh, at work. And uh, you, I know Eric knows and he knows that a lot of the people at his place of business, that they they struggle with demonic oppression, demonic activity in their lives demonic uh, the, the, it's just uh, it's just rampant out there uh, as river river church God has called us to walk in the apostolic and to walk in the prophetic anointing and uh, because of that we need to recognize when people are in bondage uh, and we and you know it sometimes it doesn't really take a revelation uh, from the Holy Ghost and a discerning of spirits to know if somebody's addicted with to drugs, or if they're smoking pot, they got a they're in bondage. They're you know that doesn't take a revelation, but there's other things uh, in people's lives that we're going to have to listen to the Holy Ghost, and and uh, we're going to have to deal with. I I know there's things that come against our children. I know in our own um, life and our and raising our children, there were things that came against our children. And some of them I didn't recognize at the time. I didn't, I guess I wasn't walking in enough light. But, and then things, there's things that came against them that they didn't even tell me about. And, uh, but just, we need to be on the alert as parents. We need to be praying in the spirit and, uh, and uh, listening to the Holy Ghost and not be naive. I think that a lot of things we're just too naive about. And we just throw things over to coincidence and uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, we need to, we know as, as this in, in River Church that people need to be free. God wants people free. And that he's assigned us to help people get free. So deliverance will be a big part of revival as we walk in revival more and more. It will be a big part. And we are preparing we, we are planning, we are preparing, we are praying, and we are preaching for towards revival. For revival and towards revival. Everything we do is we're pressing. And so I don't, I, I teach this tonight, though like I didn't said, I don't prefer to teach about the devil. But I teach this tonight because I'd rather glorify Jesus in all things and just give all the glory to him and not even ignore the devil totally. But I do this towards revival. 
because I believe we need to know as we go into the revival. At the new birth, we were given everything we need to walk free and to set others free. We have to know who we are and we have to know what we have. We need to walk in and have the uh, full armor of God on at all times. Like David Hogan says, not just have a little hat of salvation on, but have the full armor of God that's found in Ephesians chapter 6. The first one is that our loins be girt about with truth. We have to have, Eric prayed we would have more truth in order to live victoriously and free and to help others get free. Uh, Brother Moss said to us one time, he said, well, he was telling us about the the sickness-sucking angels, which our mouths kind of fell open at that. And uh, he, But he told us, he said, the spirit realm is far more developed than anybody realized. And he was talking about from the perspective of angels, but I think most Christians would be surprised how developed and how uh, planned everything is in the demonic realm and how... Uh, you know, the devil targets us and has demons assigned to us. Uh, and if we if we weren't in a war, everything would be different than it is right now. Everything would be flowing different. Everything would look different uh, in this church. Uh, it would be amazing if we weren't. But we are in a war against the devil. We've read the back of the book. We know we win. But we still have to engage in this warfare, we have to take authority. We have to fight, and we know how. We know how to fight. We know we must. Um, we we can be delivered from afflicting spirits of any kind. We have to learn to protect ourselves from any spirit that might stalk us, and they do stalk us. Demon spirits will stalk you. We know have to know how to fight for ourselves. The devil is a bully, and we have to stand up and fight for ourselves. And, and know that we're winners while we're fighting. But resisting him, saying no to him, commanding him to go, and he's stubborn. He doesn't always leave this the first time you say go. He doesn't believe you really mean it, for one thing. He don't believe that you will, uh, having done all to stand, stand therefore. He don't believe you'll stand your ground. He believes you'll give in. And so that's why he hangs around. And even when he does leave, he'll come back, he'll try it again. And so we have to stay on the alert. Jesus said to watch and pray. We have to be not just prayers, but watchers. Hallelujah. And uh, not let our guard down. We have to understand the nature of the battle. Our true enemy comes from the spirit realm. Sometimes we said this, I said this earlier, but we take our frustration out on people and circumstances. I know I get frustrated with people. And, uh, you know, Sometimes we wonder how people, how could somebody be so mean? Or how could somebody be so ugly? Or how could somebody on TV, some some liberal left wing, how could they be so ignorant? Because they're supernaturally ignorant. You can't get that ignorant on your own. How, a lot of them raised in Christian families. And then somehow... Through the de- for the demons working against their minds, they got supernaturally ignorant, demonically ignorant. And just, you know, let me tell you something. This transgender bathroom thing is demonically ignorant. It is, it is totally, it is, it is just, it is stupid to the bone. And yet, 
you know, there's people that really believe, you know, the uh, transgenders are 0.03% of the population. There's more perverts in Tuscaloosa County that will take advantage of being able to go into a ladies' bathroom than there are transgenders that need us to have Target bathrooms and all this. And yet, all these things about Target and everything, it's like uh, people are posting on Facebook, I'll never go in Target again, and if you're a Christian, you shouldn't either. Uh, I hesitate to say that. I probably won't go again. It's real easy for me to take a stand against Target. It's, it's clear across town, and, it's, and it's, out of, it's not convenient for me, and I can get things other places, and there's a lot of things. But if you're going to take a stand, you're going to have to quit driving Fords. You've got to quit driving Chevrolets. You've got to quit going to Starbucks. You've got to quit going to... I can, we can just we can name them all night the things you gotta quit doing because they've all got a LG LG pastor calls it lettuce bacon and tomato <laughs> LGBT we can't figure out what the G is but LGBT agenda they've all those places and you know they ought to be just selling Fritos it's like quit trying to prove something and just sell Fritos and make millions of dollars and billions of dollars, actually, not millions, but billions. And quit taking a side. But there's a demonically inspired thing fueling them. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, if, you, if God leads you to take a stand and pick it out in front of Target, do it. But I kind of believe that we probably just need to, if we're going to pick it, we ought to pray more than we pick it. That's my opinion. We ought to pray more. We can do more good in the spirit realm by praying than we can by, you know, holding up a sign for everybody walks into Target. You're going to go to hell for walking into Target. I, I don't know. I don't like what they're doing, but I don't know how to take care of it except to pray. I don't know how to take care of it. And I'm not going to put on Facebook that you, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't go in there. Well, you know, and Anita doesn't even watch the news. She went in there after because she didn't watch. She didn't even know there was anything up. Uh, so, um, yeah, but it looked like a ghost town, which is good. But they they say it's not going to bother them. But hallelujah. Anyway, I got off topic. Topic, but uh, we do for sure need to learn to protect ourselves, and we must protect our children. And uh, you know, and the school thing. You know, there's, there may come a day. Uh, we don't know what the schools are going to do. We don't know what the schools in Tuscaloosa County are going to do about what uh, they were told to do, and they will lose their Title IX money if they uh, don't have transgender bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. And praise God, their state's standing up. Boy, there is, you know, Louisiana standing up, and uh, some of the other states are standing up against these things. I believe Alabama should. Uh, we got a weak governor right now. He's been weakened by his own uh, transgressions. And so he's, you know, it's real hard to stand up against sin when, guess what? You know, you know, you kind of, everybody won't, then everybody's going to call you, you hypocrite, you. So uh, that's just another whole thing. But we must protect our children. If we have to homeschool them, bless God, we'll homeschool them. We'll do something. Hallelujah. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. It might come to that. 
I heard Joyce Meyer preaching on it this morning. There's a lot of things. It may come to some things that we have to do that we don't prefer to do. Uh, but it could. So, uh, hallelujah. The devil is a bully. So we understand the nature of the battle. We, uh, we don't take our frustration out on people and circumstances. We're focused on what we, we don't focus on what we see with our eyes. Because that allows us to be deceived. And it also, uh, uh, and, get, and get beat up by the devil ourselves. You know, the church is very weak against demons. I'm going to give you seven reasons I heard from the Holy Ghost that causes the church to be weak against demons. Number one, a lot of the church just don't believe in demons. Or they believe they're inconsequential to our lives. In other words, yeah, there's probably, you know, there's evil out there, but, you know. Um, number two, they believe they cannot afflict a Christian. And we'll talk about that more later. Number three, kind of, and I think this was in Word of Faith, having a fear of overemphasizing demons. In other words, just be careful. Don't get where there's a demon under every rock. And I totally agree that we could overemphasize demons. And I totally agree that we don't need to be paranoid and there's a demon under every rock. But at the same time, the devil would try to use that to keep us from knowing that there was demons that are dealing with any demons at all. Um, number five, Christians have not discerned by practice they have not pursued by practice the discerning of spirits and the spirit of seeing and knowing. And Hebrews 5.14 says that by practice, let's read that, Hebrews 5.14. We're going to get where we get some stuff about a little bit more. But let's see. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. You know, we got to get to the place where we're of full age or mature Christians is what that means. That we're mature Christians. And uh, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Uh, I, a lot of Christians just don't have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Because we, 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 go, we watch things that are evil. But we watch them anyway. Well, our senses aren't discerned and we don't know. Uh, we just don't know how wicked the devil is and how deceptive. Number six, uh, the effects of demonic overdose in the media causes us to relegate demons to cartoonish entertainment. I came up with that all by myself with the help of the Holy Ghost. The effects of demonic, there's so much demonic influence in the media. In the advertisements, just the advertisements are just gruesome and just gory and demonic ah, beings that they show pictures of. And, you know, that comes from somebody's imagination. And it, let me just say, we're to use our imaginations for God. And we have godly imaginations. But there are people that are letting the devil use their imagination. And they come up with these gruesome, horrible figures Demonic, demonic characters in the cartoons, in the advertisements, in the uh, hallelujah. And we have to discern because some things can look harmless. Some things are easy to tell. But some things look, oh, that's just harmless. That's just for fun. That's a fun movie. That's cute. Well, I don't know. When you get your senses exercised to discern good and evil, 
And when you've actually had to fight to survive a demonic attack against your mind, you will be very alert and say, uh-uh, I don't want anything like that coming against me, coming against my mind, coming against my children's mind. I don't want that in my eyes. You know, David told us in the Psalms that we got to protect our eye gates. We've got to protect our eyes. We've got to protect our ears. And not just against sin, but also against this demonic thing. We, this is an anti-Christ age. It, it, boy, it is in full-blown and it is expanding rapidly. It is going fast how it gets worse from one week to the next and the, the crime. And it's just, uh, I'm not trying to discourage y'all tonight. And we can live above it and we are going to live above it. And we're going to live in victory and we're going to uh, take a stand and we're going to, well, we're going to fight but, and we're going to mostly fight by getting in the presence of Jesus. The more of Him we have, the less everything else affects us. The more we're in His presence, the more we worship, uh, hallelujah, the more filled with God we are, the less we are affected by the devil. And it breaks things off of us. I heard David Hogan say one time, he said... Uh, he said, talking about God whacking people. And by that whacking, you know, he means overcome, being overcome by the Holy Ghost and falling in the floor and laying two hours or whatever they do, cry, laugh, you know, or just can't get up. You know, recently, this, no, it was in late 2015, he was in uh, uh, somewhere in Louisiana. They were Cajun anyway. Several hundred Cajuns gathered together. He has had a meeting. And uh, the Holy Ghost was just moving and everything. And he's ministering to people and everything. And the pastor's wife comes up to him and says, uh, uh, Brother David, look, turn around. And he said, no, I'm not turning around. I'm, I'm busy. And he's ministering to people. You know how he is. And, he, and Brother David, you got to turn around. And so he said she was persistent. She just kept after him. So he turned around. And the musicians are all leaning up against the wall, scared, scared afraid and uh, the instruments are all playing by themselves <laughs> and, and so and you know and people were getting whacked all over the place 50 at a time and all this and somebody he smelled gumbo he smelled gumbo and he crawled out of there because he you know he just to go get some gumbo because <laughs> he was hungry and he just left them in there and they the musicians came after a while and said brother Dave you got to help us and he said I'm not going in there and they said no you got to help us and their cell phones were on the stage and they wanted their cell phones but they couldn't get in there they'd take two steps in and they'd get whacked <laughs> and so he's funny but um, he said you know we ought to be you know we ought to be praying for God to whack us. He said, I want a God to whack me and knock hell out of me. You know, anything of hell that's in any of us, God, and I think that's the best deliverance of all. Get whacked by the Holy Ghost and get hell knocked out of you. But till that happens, we need to be resisting the devil, okay? And so, um, <clears throat> no, did uh, number seven, belief that we are somehow as Christians immune to them. That might be kind of repetitive from the other one, but that's all right. We'll put emphasis on it, that we are somehow as Christians immune to devils. First Peter 5, 8, let's go there. The devil's out there. 
But we cast all our care, verse 7, upon him, for he cares for us. But then he tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, he didn't say our adversary, he didn't say the church's adversary, he said your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know, a lot of times we, we and probably have heard it taught, and that, well, you know, you kind of don't have to worry about the devil because Jesus took care of him when he died on the cross. He came to destroy the works of the devil and and he kind of took care of the devil. But if that was, and that is true, he did take care of him, but he also didn't, we still have to resist him. And if we didn't, Peter would have known that and Peter wouldn't have wrote for us to resist steadfast the devil. Ephesians six twelve, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Does anybody have the Amplified? Eric, would you get that Amplified Bible and read it to us in the Amplified? Ephesians 6.12. Okay. That's kind of really put some punch behind it. Uh, we wrestle not. Do you find it interesting to note that you know, I think we think, no, no, no. Somebody else wrestles against this spiritual wickedness in high places and those big things out there. We might just wrestle, you know, against some little, you know, demon that causes colds and flu. But they, the other people wrestle against those in high places. But uh, Paul said, we wrestle not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against these things in high places. So there's big things, not just little things out there. Um, and these epistles were written to the church. In John 2, let's go there. This is a, this is a true, uh, uh, this, this, this is true, this actually happened. In the Bible, this, in other words, it's not a parable. This actually happened, but it also, it's not only true that it happened, but it's a picture. It's a picture to us of, uh, this is talking about Jesus. And it says, and found in the temple, he, he goes uh, into the temple, and he found those, verse 14, did I tell you all that? Uh, John two fourteen. And found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house an house of merchandise well he did that and that truly happened but that's a picture to us also because now we are the temple of the holy ghost and squatters squatters try to come in uh and and take over the temple and the temple our we are our body we our body is the temple of the holy ghost and it's god's territory and they are intruders demons that could bring sickness those are intruders into the temple and we have to throw them out of the temple just like jesus threw them out here in the temple possession implies ownership and the devil can never own us jesus bought us with a price we he cannot own us 
And uh, I don't think he can, I, we're sealed. Our spirit's sealed. I, we were born again, our spirit was sealed. And he cannot come in and take possession of our spirit. However, he can reside and afflict, afflict and take, uh, attach himself to our body. And he, he, uh, he invades people's souls, their mind, their will, and their emotion, although he never owns that. He can, he can occupy, but he is occupying uh, someone's soul illegally who is a Christian. He is the owner and the occupier of the spirit of people who are not born again. And we have to remember that because, uh, and sometimes we just think, well, you know, and that doesn't mean that we avoid people. Jesus went in and ate with the money changers and all those kind of things. But it does mean that, first of all, we're aware. And we are, we, Jesus said, it says about Jesus that he did not trust himself to even his disciples because they weren't born again yet because he knew all men. He knew all men. And we should never trust ourselves and give ourselves over and come under a, someone who is not born again because, uh, you know, they can act different ways at different times. And the Bible says that Satan takes them captive at his will. Um, these, I didn't look these scriptures up and write them down for you because I'm just thinking of them right now as we talk. But Satan takes them captive at his will. And so uh, why do people do bad things? Out, you know, the Satan has taken them captive. And uh, so um, let's see where we're at. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy Christian. You know, the world tries to put on us the Mr. Nice Guy Christian label and call us a hypocrite if we are not always Mr. Nice Guy. Society tries to tell us that Christians should always be nice and tolerant and giving. And right now, tolerance is a big thing, that we tolerate everything. We, and, you know, uh, and even on Facebook, you see this a lot. Well, I love, I love men. I love women. I love gays. I love, and, you know, yeah, we do love them. I mean, we love them like Jesus. Je for God so loved the world, he gave. And we have something to give them. And we love them enough to pay the price to give it to them. We care enough to, to give them the gospel. To, to, uh, but we do not tolerate that in our lives. And we do not attach ourselves to them and bind ourselves to them in marriage or in, you know, uh, to unbelievers. But we do love them. And so, but the world wants to condemn us. Uh, you know, the people that don't want to go to the weddings and don't want to bake cakes for the gays, they're being put under attack. We have to pray and we have to find the answer from Jesus. But if we don't, if we choose to stand up in areas, we're, con we're told that we are unloving, we're, we're, we're not being like Jesus was. But uh, there was another Jesus that a lot of people don't know. Uh, if the if we ever get strong and authoritative with anyone, we're never supposed to judge anyone. Uh, we're never supposed to uh, 
you know, it's kind of like we have to take everything. It, it, it's like that's kind of what the, comes across. We're supposed to be tolerant. And certainly we, there's things that we need to be tolerant of. And, but if we are not tolerant of crime, then we are, we are racist. We are, you know, we're, not a, we're against black people because we don't tolerate the crime of, in, that's in Chicago or whatever. And so people are confused and uh, leaders are confused. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it because they don't want to be racist. They don't want to. So we have a lot of confusion out there because of that. Um, sometimes it comes across in the way that we should give more and that we should give everything to the poor and that that's Bernie Sanders. His agenda is like, you know, it don't matter how much money you have, just write them all a check and uh, just write everybody one. Just... <laughs> Pay for everything, and uh, which we know that's that's crazy. It's crazy, but look, they're they're following him. They're 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 just they're just uh, rioting over him that they love him so much because he wants to. Everything should be free, and when they interview him on the streets, well, should pot be free? Yeah, pot should be free. Should this be free? Yeah, that should be free. Everything should be free. Well. Hallelujah. It's it's demonic ignorance is what it is. And it's it's really on our college age students. That's who that's who's out there mostly is that age. Maybe they're not even in college, but they're that age, that that young age, they're they're being influenced by that so much. And uh, hallelujah. The poor parenting of the past generations, just these immediate past, have caused a lot of problems in the world. So, but if we disagree with that, then we are racist. We're intolerant. We're, you know, we're capitalist pigs or something. <laughs> I don't know what we are. Um, and uh, there is that same quality that tries to get in the church. And, you know, it is true that we're to be kind one to another and we are to be givers. But, um, Hallelujah. We're also, we need to be led by the Spirit. And the, there's another side of Jesus, and it was the warrior Jesus. Jesus was aggressive against darkness. He said to Peter, and you know, now, if somebody said this, uh, he said, get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scribes and Pharisees he called hypocrites. Sons of hell, fools, whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones, and brood of vipers. That was the warrior Jesus. You know, we need Jesus to come down in, in revival. and It's not all going to be laying in the floor and soaking in the glory. That's going to be a huge part of it. But there will be some... Some warrior Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. The scribes in... Oh, I told you that. Jesus aggressively opposed darkness. And there is a war on planet Earth. And we are enforcers for King Jesus. Hallelujah. The next thing we're going to talk about next week... God will in the creek don't rise. Hallelujah. But I think we'll go to Arby's the rest of the night. I might have loaded y'all down with enough, enough stuff. But um, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Anybody got a... Uh, the next thing we're going to cover is how demons gain access. I was, didn't finish that sentence. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody pray for our nation and for for all of us as Christians. You know, as Christians, we want to stand up. We want to... We don't want to compromise. We want to do the right thing. But we got to have the Holy Ghost help us. Because, you know, how? What's the best way? How do we do this? And, and uh, we have to be wise. We have to be very wise. Um, and even as Christians, we could be foolish. I think I see things, people saying foolish things that are Christians. And we have to be wise and and know how to stand up. And, and especially in this election, we have to know people that say, I wouldn't vote for Donald Trump. I'm just going to stay home. That's their supernatural ignorance also. It's like... I think sometimes Christians, won't, they're looking for a savior, and we already have one of those. They're looking for Mr. Perfection President. And so if there's anything not perfect, and there's some things not perfect in, the, uh, in Donald Trump, we could, we could throw him out because he's not perfect. And, but there are, we prayed for God to help us. And I think, and I'm not, I'm not saying this, if y'all tell me, if it turns out like a disaster and y'all tell me, it's already a disaster. So if, uh, but if it turned out not to work, then y'all can tell me. But I just think maybe that we prayed and God answered and nobody recognized, you know, what God had sent. I heard a Christian say, well, I just can't vote for him. I just can't stand that hair. Now that's ignorance gone to seed. And, I, and he's, I just can't stand that hair. I just can't stand to look at him. And I told Pastor later, I said, you know, our favorite preacher had hair that looked just about like that, Pastor Buzzy. <laughs> it was nearly a duplicate. It's like they got the same hairdresser. And it's like, you know, huh? a hairdo hoodoo. <laughs> That's what we all call it. It's like, but that is so ignorant. That is so crazy. Um, and then, I don't know. Uh, the Lord told me, the Lord told me this. I don't care if you believe it, I don't care if you didn't. I don't. He said the number one thing in this election is the economy. And I didn't get that off of TV. He said, we don't get, if, if we don't, if the atomic economy doesn't get back right, we can't fix nothing else. Can't defeat ISIS, can't do any of that stuff. Hallelujah. That's what he said. Number one thing was the economy. Well, and then he told me, well, I don't know if I can even find it, but he told me two other things. Maybe I'll tell you all next week. He told me two other things about that were important. But another one of them was this, is uh, Supreme Court justices. We have to, we cannot let the liberal left put one to five Supreme Court justices that are, we know, we know what kind of Supreme Court justices they're going to put up there. We know it's not going to be good. 
we must we must have that or America is sunk. Uh, you know, we got to have that. That's what we're... And some of the other stuff, you know, like um, Donald Trump, he's for... He's for he's he's a he's a he's kind of conservative on abortion, but not completely conservative, because Christians and very conservative Christians won't no abortion for any reason, any time. You can't get abortion if you have rape or incest. But what the Lord said to me about that is, uh, yeah, that's God's highest and best. We all know that. But what He said to me, because. Donald Trump says abortion in the case of rape or incest. That you can have that that ought to be legal to have an abortion in case of rape or incest. Now, of course, of course, in the case of the mother's uh, mother could die, which that's so rare that uh, anymore. That's very rare. But anyway, what the Lord said to me is He spoke a scripture to me. He said, "Not all men have faith. It takes faith, and not all women have faith either." It takes faith to get raped and get pregnant and have the baby. You've got to be walking in a lot of faith to do that. It takes rape. I mean, it takes faith to have incest and to have a baby that your brother has or your uncle or your daddy. That takes faith. And he told me, not all men have faith. And so we're going to have to be willing to work with some people that don't have faith all the way to the degree that you might have faith. And to come to think of it, you might not even have faith for that yourself if you were raped. And I'm not saying that it would be right for you to get an abortion. It wouldn't. But because it is still a human being. But it wouldn't be right. But it, I'm saying it might be a struggle for you. And so I think we're wrong when we just go so far to the right that we say we can't even we can't we can't even vote for you because your hair's not right and you believe a raped victim should be able to have an abortion. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. We can believe like we believe. We can get somebody in there and we can pray. And yeah, there's some other things too that aren't you know completely right, but. I, I know I know the Lord told me last week I needed to say this. You know, Jesus, God never cuts his nose off despite his face. Because I, I found this out a long time ago. Because there's people that's done great damage to the body of Christ. And I'm like, God, why do you not smack them? And I'm not talking about whack them in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about smack them. And God will never cut off his nose despite his face. And I think Christians and sometimes the, and some of the people in this election and uh, are trying, they're going to cut their nose off to spite their face if they're not careful. And uh, hallelujah. So I said it. And I might tell you, I, if I can find it in my book, because I did write it down, there were three things that were most important. And the, ju and the judges, the Supreme Court judges, if we can get the right people in there because we have the right president that appoints them. Because you know they're appointed for life. And so it's, you know, and uh, if we can get the right, then they can do some things to reverse Roe versus Wade. And they can do some things. Hallelujah. Praise God.
Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your blessing. Lord, give us wisdom. Father, show us how to resist evil in our nation. Show us when to make a stand. And, and, and Lord, show us how to help us not be compromisers. But, Lord God, I pray we do our resisting and do our, our, take our stand. We do it with wisdom so that people don't turn away from you because of us, but they turn to you because of us. That, and Lord, just, Lord, we don't want to be wimps. We, don't, we, we, we need the courage to do what we're called to do and to stand mightily. And Lord, I ask you to burn religion out of us. We burn the book on religion. We burn the book on that and how to do church. We, we hate it. Lord, I hate religion. It's a form of godliness without power. And I hate it. And I know that this church, these people, they hate it with me. Lord, help us. Show us. Show us, Lord God. Show us. And Lord, let us not be ashamed of the gospel. Let us not be weak and be afraid for our friends to know. And Lord, there's time, there's coming, it's coming that we're going to have to, that principals and teachers and they're going to have to make stands. It's here now. It's here now, Lord. Send awakening to America. Send revival to America. Change the hearts of leaders and judges and we ask in Jesus name lay help on those that are mighty in our nation those that are praying and those that are going and coming before the supreme court those that are coming before judges those Christians that are have been strategically put in places to stand up and to be known for such a time as this help the states that are standing up help Louisiana as they stand up Lord help them to get this these bills passed through the Senate that are righteous hallelujah Father God and bless these states that are standing up bless them with revival Pour out of your spirit, Lord. Bless them with revival. And let the nations come. And let the whole United States come down and come to revival in Alabama. Revival in Louisiana, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you're showing up. Oh, you're showing up powerful in Louisiana. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want it. We want more. We want it here. And we're willing to change. We're willing to change our mind. Lord, get all the compromise out of us. Where we've been weak, strengthen us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Okay. A joy's in the aisle and you're...